The South Congress Podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody back to the Goose Down, a South Congress podcast covering each and every edition of R.L. Stein's classic Goosebumps series. My name is Cameron Hawkins. I am the host of the South Congress podcast, co-host of the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast, and a regular contributor to the Pro Wrestling Torch site and newsletter. This is book number six, Let's Get Invisible. Tonally, very different from the other books that we've covered so far um, in that it's probably the book that least explains either the supernatural force or monster or antagonist that our characters actually face. Um, and it also has a different dynamic between the main protagonist and a sibling in this case. Um, it's the first time that we get both the main character and their sibling being of the same gender. So, um, you know, we'll go over the characters, kind of go over some key plots of the story. And as we talk about this, I think you're going to find some really interesting parallels to a recent popular movie. So the main character is Max Thompson. Max is 12 years old, and I think he's really the first character that seems to be completely self-aware as far as his looks go. Max does tend to be a little preoccupied with the way that he looks. Um, Something that happens a lot in this story is either the other kids or family members mess with his hair, and he cannot stand to have his hair messed with. Um, Just keeps his hair really, really neat. Um, He's a best friend named uh, Zach and Zach has this haircut where he kind of cuts off one side of his head and has long on the other side which is like pretty forward thinking for a haircut back in 1993 because um, like kids wear that today but uh, yeah so it's Max there's Zach um, they have two girlfriends so not girlfriends like relationship like girlfriends of the same age um one named aaron and one named april aaron tends to be really outgoing and loud and april is actually really shy so max's little brother is named noah and noah goes by lefty because he's the only left-handed kid in their family and you'll see where that plays into the story a little bit later so the story starts at max's birthday 
Um, and he has a bunch of kids over, but this is like his core group. Um, kind of a key thing about Max and his little brother Noah's relationship. Noah is very, very, very outgoing, but also bratty in a way that he's always around his brother and his friends, but they never get sick of him being there. Um, he's just like the younger kid, but he's always into something. Like he's that kid you grew up around or the kid you may have been who like likes to play with the ball in the house when his parents tell him not to or is always touching something that he said not to touch, um, but he's going to do it anyway. And his parents kind of go with that. Um, they even talk about their discipline being a non-violent family. So I think he gets away with a lot of things that would have got a kid like me whooped in 1993. Um, but yeah, so the party's coming to a close and as it's ending, their dog Whitey runs up to the attic. Um, kids don't really spend a lot of time up there, but as they start to kind of explore up there, they find uh, an additional room in the attic that they didn't know was there. And then as they're looking for the dog, um, they find this like really big mirror that has a light overhead. Max pulls on the mirror and he disappears. And nobody knows what to think of it like in the moment. And, and it's cool. Um, if for any reason I've skipped it, uh, the title of this book, the sixth book in the Goosebumps series is Let's Get Invisible. Um, which is a story or which is a line that's actually quoted by one of the characters a bit later because they tend to turn it into like a competition between them. But as soon as he pulls it, he disappears. Um, and then when somebody pulls on it again, he reappears right away. So Max doesn't really know what's going on, but his friends and his brother, um, they're like, no, you really did turn invisible. He's like, nah, no way. It's not possible. Max talks later on, um, like in this same part of the book, about how he is one of those minds where once something's in his head, he really can't shake it until he figure out, figures out what's going on. And his dad even tells him he has a scientific mind in that aspect. So can't stop thinking about it, tries to go to sleep, tries to go to sleep. Um, so he actually goes to the attic to try to check on the mirror again to see what's going on. And he has to pass by his little brother's room when he does. So his little brother actually joins him in the attic. Um, they want to see if the invisible thing actually happens. So they hit the light. They pull on the light switch and they both disappear. Um, what they notice is each time that they do it. It takes longer for them to actually reappear. They start to lose their energy, and then it's harder for them to actually come back. So, the very next day, the same kids show up. So, Zach and Aaron and April come by. And it's Aaron's idea originally that they turn it into a contest to see who can last the longest. April wants nothing to do with this, right? So... She decides to be the one to kind of time everybody because what happens is beforehand, Zach actually comes by and Zach ends up disappearing for like five minutes, which is the longest they've done. Um, so now everybody wants to see just how long they can go. Just as Lefty is about to go invisible, 
their grandparents show up for dinner. Um, and then they decide they'll put the contest off. So um, while they're actually having dinner, um, Max goes down first and Lefty does it. So when Max is at the dinner table, they're with the grandparents um, and his mother. And all of a sudden, a fork starts to float. And so Max realizes it's Lefty who decided to go invisible, playing a trick on everybody. Um, the same night, Aaron reaches out to Max and she's like, yo, we should take the mirror to school for a science fair. And this is where you kind of see Max's self-awareness and maturity. He's like, yo, if we do this, they'll absolutely take it away from us. Because Aaron's thinking about becoming famous off of this. He's like, yo, we will not have any type of shot at maintaining this thing. Once we show it to people, they're going to take it from us. Um, He's totally against it. But again, it's on his mind. Why is this happening specifically? Why is it that the longer we stay under, we tend to get weaker? Um, so he's looking around the mirror, like trying to figure out, you know, like, is there some additional surface on that? Is there another switch or a button or something? When he gets close to the mirror, he starts to hear his name being whispered. Um, but it's in an attic. It's been kind of a traumatic experience. So he's like, do I really feel this way or am I just making this up? Um, being afraid. Of the sound coming from the mirror, he goes back to his room and locks himself in the room just in case something crazy is going on. When he gets up, he sees that Lefty has become invisible one more time. And then he takes him to the mirror and he gets visible again. And he says, you just notice his brother doesn't quite seem to be his brother and he can't put his finger on it. Um, at this point, He's like, yo, this thing is too weird. I really don't want any part of this. So he calls up Zach and Aaron in April. He's like, yo, let's cancel this. Like, I want no part of this anymore. Um, They actually come because Lefty tells them, yo, we need to keep the contest going. Like, let's see who the bravest kid is. So April and Whitey. Um actually become invisible at the same time and whitey again is the dog so he ends up jumping into the fray as they pull the switch so he turns invisible too um like max being freaked out because it's his dog like you know you don't want my dog to go through that um he turns them back visible really really fast during aaron's turn next she goes invisible longer than anybody and when she comes back Max cannot figure out exactly what's going on with her. And so he's just, I can't call it, but there's something visually different about you. So at this point, uh, Zach goes under because originally Zach was invisible for a full five minutes first. This time he goes a full 15 minutes. And he actually completely walks out of the house and goes to play a prank on their neighbor. So they live next to a guy named Mr. Evander. 
Mr. Evander is tending to his garden like he always seems to do. So Zach ends up juggling tomatoes where Mr. Vander can see him. And the kids are watching from on far and they see him start to freak out. He calls his wife, but when his wife gets there, Zach drops the tomatoes. And so she doesn't see anything. So then, as soon as she's not looking, he picks him up again and starts to do it. And Mr. Evander reacts again. And his wife's like, no, nah, just come in the house. Come in the house, Mike. So Mr. Evander's name is Mike Evander. Because if you're writing a book in 1993 and you have to reach for some random names to name a character, you probably go with Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. So well done, Arl Stein. So after they play the prank, Max goes up to the attic. And makes Zach become invisible, become visible again, because like he's won the contest. But again, Max has noticed these weird happenings kind of going on, and can't quite put his finger on what's happening. Uh, but like he knows, like enough is enough. Max notices that when Zach comes out, his hairstyle has been reversed. So originally, the right side of his head was shaved, and the left side is where the hair was hanging down. Now, the left side of his head was shaved and the right side is where the the hair was hanging down. So Max tries to ask him what's going on with the hair. And right away, Aaron and Zach use the mirror to make Max invisible. So as he's invisible for a little while, he starts to feel really weak. Um, He's asking to be made visible again because you actually have to call out. I mean, they can do it at any point, but. Once you start to feel sick, that's when you say, hey, pull me back. As he's doing it, Zach and Aaron are not looking at him at all. So he ends up seeing like this white haze and a light. And then he sees something approaching him. And it's his reflection. So, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock for the last six or so months, like you're familiar with the movie Us. And I'll say I'll say this. I'll put um, let's put an ad break right here so that you know that the first few minutes of the have two online stores to buy shirts, okay. hoodies, stickers, mugs, notebooks, and more. Visit redbubble.com and tpublic.com and search Seahawk to see all of the merchandise. We run specials every few weeks, so join the South Congress and East Coast Cast Facebook fan pages for all the details on our online specials and promotions. The reflection talks to him and the reflection says um, that Zach and Aaron have actually been replaced by their reflections that exist in some sci-fi fantasy scape that the mirror is a gateway to. Um, And, you know, the movie Us kind of centers around a woman and her family that are being stalked by twisted versions of themselves by their doppelgangers and it turns out that sometime way back scientists found a way to create exactly duplicates of people without their soul and so the other side becomes twisted and it seems to be that a lot of these what they call tethers um want to replace the self that lives in what we would consider our world 
And really, that's a big motivation for what's going on with the reflections here. Um, even though they share names, um, again, Max's reflection says Zach and Aaron um, have been replaced by their reflections and that Zach and Aaron are now locked in the mirror. So now he decides that he's going to swap places with Max. So as he's about to do it, it had been so long and the conversation had taken so long that Aaron and Zach think they can pull Max out and they assume that the change is over. And then they see Max's reflection appear in the mirror. And he says, no, I'm still the reflection. That's the real Max. So then the duplicates of Aaron and Zach grab Max and they're getting ready to make him invisible again. So Max tries to run, but they catch him. He asks April to help him, but April has no idea about these reflections or what happens when you're in the mirror. So while she's caught off guard, she gets caught too. Out of nowhere, Lefty shows up and he breaks the mirror using a softball. Because like I said, he's the kid that plays with the ball in the house. So he breaks the mirror with his ball. The reflections immediately get sucked back into the mirror. And Aaron and Zach, the real ones, are brought back into the real world. So all is well that ends well, right? Like no issues. We crack the mirror. We might not ever know you know, the science or magic behind what's going on with this mirror. But hey, what's done is done. Max and his brother go outside to play catch. And what happens? Lefty is throwing the ball with his right hand. So, again, if you've seen the movie Us, you know that the big twist in the movie is that the uh, Lupita Nyong'o character that we've been following the whole movie is actually the Tether who escaped as a child. And it was the one from our world that end up that ended up suffering like all these twisted world atrocities and was trying to get back to what she knew. And kind of in that final scene where her son realizes that his mother had always been uh, kind of the dark side tether. This is when Max notices that his brother is from the other side of the mirror. So we don't really get an explanation about what they experience in the mirror, why they want to get out, why there's a bad place to live. Um, we don't know if what Lefty did was purposeful or not as far as breaking the mirror. Like it seemed to be an accident and he seemed to have an issue with it. But, um, you know, they got sucked back into the other side. So who knows? Maybe it means that they can't all exist in the same space or maybe he did just break their link to the world. Um, we, we don't know where the mirror came from, um, who gave it power, but that's kind of been a recurring theme with, with some of these things. Like, even if we don't get the exact characters behind stuff, like we don't get the science behind the say cheese and die camera. We don't know um, the origins of the witch who came for Aunt Catherine and then gave power to the, uh, the monster blood. We don't know the science behind combining people and plants. And, and not that that always has to be explained. Like me having some type of PhD or me having, um, you know, gone to Hogwarts might make this a bit harder to swallow as far as following these stories along. But yeah, the biggest difference with this story, there's literally no antagonist until the last chapter. 
like the kids are worried about why they get faint why they get sick and why it takes longer for them to come back from the mirror but we we don't have any specific verbiage about the mirror being evil or anything like that like we we finally understand at the tail end um that the reflections exist because of being able to control that mirror and that they want to get out but that happens at the very very end kind of the focus of this was more or less children's impulses and the need to one up one another. You know, being at age of 12, a lot of what Max does like is to be impressive to the people around him. In turn, you know, Zach taking that to the next level is something that made Max angry. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's very tonally different from the other books because you get a sense of dread and people being chased and like even though we didn't get mummies until the final few pages on uh curse of the mummy's tomb we had a character chasing the kids uh you know pretty much halfway through the book um there was real danger in being trapped in a pyramid and not being able to get out so yeah the mirror kind of existed as a plot device more than antagonist and then we finally got the characters at the very end so yeah um just a really different read there wasn't that sense of dread you kept kind of waiting on something to jump out i do think like it presented this really interesting mythos of you know the the magic and science of this mirror and what actually happens in that other world and why a reflection would want to trap their other half in there again the thing i assume is only one of them can exist in time but you know What's the value of being in this world, I guess, is what we would ask. So, yeah, um, like another interesting read. Um, I'd probably say out of all the ones that I've read so far, this was the least interesting one um, just because there seems to be real danger that exists chapter to chapter, chapter to chapter in the first five books and so you know again as an idea i think this is really good um but secretly like i i I have nothing to tell me that these were written in any specific order or that we got the stories in order but what's the next book the next book is the book that i think took goosebumps from a book series to a piece of like American literary culture and that's night of the living dummy. Um, and so we are going to have a lot of fun with that last week. Again, my slappy is probably my favorite character in the goosebump series. Um, and actually the last week I've been watching old twilight zone episodes of dummy characters and like movies that involve that. So I'm really excited to do that next week. So, um, yeah, again, Let's Get Invisible, um, an interesting story. I think it brought some good ideas, but the lack of having a a steady antagonist, a steady sense of dread that you would get from, from reading, because it's kind of hard to visualize not being there and then that being an issue. But yeah, um, you know, all in all, an okay read, but next week we really get to the good stuff. So um, yeah. Thank you guys for joining me on the uh, the Goose Down, a South Congress podcast. Um, tell your friends, because I've noticed this has actually got more listeners week to week. Right now, it really is on par with the regular South Congress podcast, which 
covers a lot more information. But I just think, you know, if you're a 30 something um, and maybe even a 20 something, this is a book series that you grew up reading. And so getting to share it with each other as adults, getting to have this discussion, I think it's really cool. Um, yeah. Outside of that, uh, again, I tell your friends about the show. Find South Congress with a K on the iTunes feed. Rate us five stars. Let everybody know what you think. Any questions, concerns, or comments, uh, please shoot me an email at South Congress. That's S-O-U-T-H-K-O-N-G-R-E-S-S at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll be back next Wednesday with Night of the Living Dummy. Again, this has been The Goose Down, Um, a weekly podcast covering every single edition of R.L. Stein's Classic Goosebumps series. My name is Cameron Hawkins, and thank you for joining me. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comic, show, or movie discuss? Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show. 